You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us on our podcast today. I'm Jenna Renstrom from Mercy One Sealand Medical Center in Sioux City, Iowa. Today, we're talking about such an important topic when it comes to summer, protecting your skin. And we have one of the experts here in our region, Mercy One Occupational Health Physician Assistant Certified, Stephanie Walker. Thanks for being with me today, Stephanie. Thank you, Jenna, for asking me to do this. Absolutely. I know. Um, well, first of all, before we get into skincare, tell me a little bit about your role at Mercy One and with the occupational health team. Okay, so I've been a physician assistant now for 15 years, and I've been with Mercy for all of that time. So um, I do see patients in occupational medicine, but also in dermatology. I have some experience in both, and so I'm able to do both of those roles here. Tell me about your passion for dermatology. Where does that come from? What, how, how do you like working with patients who come to you for that specific need? I actually think my passion came from my family because my mom was a nurse in dermatology for 30 years. Um, she was a nurse before I was even born, so I kind of grew up with the skincare stuff, and um, I've always been around dermatology, and I think it just, I saw the good that they could do, and I think it just blossomed from there, but it's very rewarding when you can help somebody try to prevent skin cancer or you know, change their lifestyle to make them more healthy. I can't wait to hear um, your expertise on these topics. So we'll get right into them, Stephanie. Um, the weather's warmer, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. We are in the summer months. Um, as we get outside more, of course, people know they should wear sunscreen, but let's go back to just why that's the basics of skincare 101. What does that, that sunscreen do for us? So the biggest thing with sunscreen is that it's going to protect your skin. So that is the most important part of that. Um, It protects it specifically from UVA and UVB rays. So you want to make sure that you have a sunscreen that that does protect both. Um, And doing that, it's going to decrease your risk of skin cancer. Um, Also, signs of aging. Uh, That's a big deal. And people don't realize that fine lines and wrinkles actually come more from the sun than they do from the aging process. That's going to come on sooner if you decide to um, go into the sun without sun protection. When we talk about sunburn, Stephanie, um, I always think about what my dad said about being a little kid growing up on the farm in Iowa. They didn't put sunscreen on and they would play outside all day. And he had multiple bad sunburns over his, you know, especially the young part of his life. So there's other people in our communities, you know, same instance, we didn't know as much back then. When it comes to sunburn, where is kind of that threshold of knowing it's going to happen once in a while, but when does that turn to becoming dangerous or something we need to get in and have those conversations with our doctor about? Right. Um, Of course, no sunburn is good, just like we talked about. Um, It's never a good idea. So prevention here is going to be key again. But When you get to the point of having five or more blistering sunburns in your life, especially if they came on at a younger age, if you're a child, you're going to have a bigger risk of melanoma. And actually, that will increase to almost double, if not more than that, depending upon your level of exposure, but also your skin type, uh, your genetic background, those kinds of things. If you're a person who has multiple moles all over your body, you're going to be a higher risk than someone who doesn't have that. 
So there are lots of factors that go into that. Um, I, people really need to realize though that sunburn is cumulative. So mm -hmm. sun damage that we get as a child builds up and it, it keeps stacking on, on the last episode. Sure. And when you have that scenario, it doesn't, this is something your skin doesn't forget. So it's going to build up through your life, and that's where we start to increase our risk for skin cancer. So you can't undo that damage, you but you can it. certainly make um, better choices going yes, forward. Absolutely. And just so um, we're kind of all on the same page, when you mentioned melanoma, mm -hmm. um, talk about what that is. Is that the most serious form of, of the skin cancer? It is. There are three common types of skin cancer, the most common being basal cell carcinoma, which is also the most treatable. So that one, if you had to have a skin cancer, probably basal cell would be the one that you'd want. Next most common type would be um, squamous cell, definitely one that could move into a lymph node and cause some issues elsewhere in the body. Second most common type though, and those are the most, most often the ones we treat. However, melanoma is our third and it is actually uh, the most deadly. And the reason it is, is because it does something called micrometastasis. So it has tiny little cells that float through your circulation, your lymph system. And those cells are fine as long as they continue to float through. But if they land or get out of circulation, they can, they'll form a tumor wherever they, they end up landing. Um, and of course, you know, the earlier we catch melanoma, usually the better off we are, but there's no guarantee with that. So again, back to the prevention, and we're going to get mm -hmm. um, into the kind of the who, what, when, where, and why of of how you do that. And we talked about sunscreen, of course. Um, I think people tend to get confused with all the SPFs that are mm -hmm. out there. There's so many. You go to the sunscreen aisle. I mean, where do you even start? So, so give folks um, first that SPF number mm -hmm. to look at, and then some other recommendations about if you don't know what to to start with where you can. Sure. Um, so I look at the American Academy of Dermatology a lot, and I have based a lot of my patient care around their guidelines, but SPF of 30 or higher is really where we're looking. I tend to lean more toward a little bit um, higher than that. I usually go to 50. Um, and the reason being is because I have a lot of patients that have that farming background. They have that light, fair skin, light eyes, red hair. 50 is a great uh, number for that, uh, but they they recommend a minimum of 30. So I definitely wouldn't go any lower. Uh, one thing that patients should remember, though, is that just because you're going up at SPF doesn't mean that you don't have to reapply it as often or that you are uh, significantly more protected. So that is a misconception. If you have a higher SPF, that does not mean that you can go five hours before you reapply. Sure. It's still put on 15 minutes before you go outside and uh, reapplied every two hours while you're outside. Would you recommend that 50 plus for um, kids too? I'm always curious, you know, I have, I have little ones mm -hmm. and that SPF 85 <laughs> <laughs> looks um, attractive to me because then maybe I don't have to reapply, but would you say kind of same protocol applies for kids? Yes, same protocol for kids. Um, we want to keep those that are six months and younger out of the sun as much as possible. When they're six months and older, they can start to use sunscreen. And you'd want to use something that would have a baby, it'll say baby sunscreen on it. Or one of the brands I like is Neutrogena, and it'll say water babies on the front. Um, and that would be a great choice. But yes, you don't want to go to the SPF 85 or 100. Again, is it going to help you? I can't say that it won't protect you um, any more than this 50. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, after 50, it's kind of a wash, you know, it's, it, but if it makes a person feel better and that's the way they're going to wear sunscreen, I'm absolutely all for it. I know that is, that's a point that you like to make, Stephanie, is, <laughs> yes. is the best sunscreen is one you're going to put on, yes. right? And there are a variety of types out there. So there are creams, there are sprays, um, there's kind of a gel type, that that would be a great one for your scalp. Uh, but the point is you have to find one that, that works for you and you have to find one that you're willing to put on. And I find that mostly with my male population, my older population. Um, they don't necessarily want to put that on because they're outside working and they think it's going to drip in their face oh, and drip in their eyes. So you just have to find one that you're willing to put on. Mm -hmm. um, that makes me think about women in skincare. That has evolved over <laughs> yes. the years. I think there's SPF in, you know, naturally in my yes. makeup, not naturally, but added to my makeup and in my regular skincare routine. Do you see that being a positive just as it's it's in more stuff that's got to help a little bit yes it is a positive but go higher than spf 15. Um, a lot of the makeups that's what i'm seeing you know some of them have a 30 some don't uh, you still have that doesn't excuse you from putting on sunscreen that is great so. advice that's great advice yes <laughs> i will remember that yes um let's talk a little bit about what we can do at home stephanie before we enlist the help of our doctor in terms of self-exams be they routine or just kind of keeping a general eye out for mm, that's looking a little different than it did last month last year where should we start in terms of um, just making sure we know our own skin and what's not quite right mm -hmm. um, so we recommend patients start to get skin exams and i would say the self-skin exam goes with us about 20 to 30 years of age um, that's going to vary a little bit depending upon how much sun you've had in the past and also how many moles you do have on your body um, so I would, you know, I would encourage people to check their skin at least a few times a year if they see anything that would change, like a mole um, that grows in size, changes color, shape, anything new, like a new lesion that just pops up out of nowhere that they haven't seen before, those are reasons to get checked. Okay. I'm telling you, it's no better feeling than you think something's a little off, you go to your doctor, Oh, that's fine. That's normal. Absolutely. Much better than letting it go, worrying about it, and then, you know, hopefully that it can turn into something that's not normal. That's right. And we as providers would rather have anybody come in anytime and tell you a hundred times that you don't have anything bad versus missing that one time Absolutely. where you just waited to come in. Where are some of the places that we might not think to look? I've heard um palms of your hands even your fingernails where are those hidden spots that we might not even think to look at yes you're right on that so palms and soles are um, definitely a higher risk those moles tend to be a lot more atypical for some reason uh, but they often get overlooked too everybody thinks oh big deal i have a mole on my hand or foot um, but those need to be looked at and those really should be examined by a provider as well um, but in between the toes between your fingers under your fingernails, toenails, um, those are all places where, you know, you wouldn't maybe necessarily think about getting a mole, but it can happen. Okay, good to know. Um, people might have heard of, as you do kind of your self-checks, the ABCs. Oh, yeah. Can you talk through that? Is that a, that a nice rule to follow to get us started? It is, and we're going to go to A, B, C, D, E. Okay. Actually, we've added Very a good. couple more letters there. So A stands for asymmetry. So if you look at a lesion, especially one that's pigmented like a mole, you should be able to cut that mole in half and have it be the same on one side as it is the other. That's if it's a benign mole. 
So if you can do that with your mall, more than likely it's going to be one that we could just watch. If you don't have that, that's already a sign of being atypical. Okay. B stands for border. Um, borders should be sharp. Um, they should be nice and round. They shouldn't fade off into the skin. They definitely should not be scalloped or notched. Okay. So if you see any kind of weird features to a border of a mole, again, another sign that it needs to be checked. Okay. And then C. C. Okay. Um, C is color. So moles should typically be one color. You might have a slight variation there in pigment, but we shouldn't be seeing multiple shades of brown, um, dark brown, light brown, all mixed in the same mole. Worse than that, kind of black, red, blue, you'll see all of those mixes. Um, whenever you see that in a mole, that needs to, to be uh, looked at immediately. Okay. That's not something we want to wait on. And then you said, now we go to D. And even D. E. What's and D? D is diameter. So if it is bigger than about three millimeters, which is kind of that pencil eraser okay. um, size, if it's bigger than that, you have a higher risk of having that mole turn into what we call atypical. Okay. And then E, they added recently, and that's elevation. So if something becomes raised, especially if that's a rapid change, that should be on your mind right away, too. Can you talk about the product? That's great advice, mm -hmm. first of all, Stephanie. Really good stuff. Um, if something does look atypical, how easy is it to kind of nip it in the bud, get it taken care of? I know sometimes just a regular office visit can take care of some of that stuff and then see if more um, attention is needed, right? Right. So if I have a patient that does call, that calls to schedule a visit with that, we get them in within 48 hours and then we'll take it off that day, um, remove it send it into pathology. It's a very simple procedure to do, um, and then we'll have the results within a week. That's fantastic. You don't mm -hmm. have to sit and wait and, no. and wonder. That's the right thing to do. Um, so we talked about sunscreen, of course, but um, for those that, that are just going to be anti-sunscreen, um, mm -hmm. what else can you do? Or in addition to sunscreen, ideally, what can you do to make sure um, that you're keeping your skin safe? So if you don't wear sunscreen, even if you do wear sunscreen, we have to remember that no sunscreen is perfect. So you're not going to have 100% protection no matter what you do, which is, you know, after doing all these things, you'd wish that you would. Sure. But um, you will need to stay in the shade if you can, especially between the hours of 10 and 2. That is when our sun is the most strong. So you want to avoid those times in the sun if possible. Um, wearing lightweight, long sleeve clothing, long pants. Um, there's SPF. Um, clothing that you can actually get. Um, you can wear those. Again, they're going to be that long sleeve type stuff too. So if you're not one that likes to wear that, I would definitely recommend the sunscreen over it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, but again, avoiding those key hours of 10 and 2 are definitely um, key there as well, especially in the summer. Now, winter time though, you do have to realize that we're still getting sun exposure. So should we put on sunscreen during the winter? The answer is yes. Probably don't need to reapply it as much unless you're on the ski slopes or something like that. But uh, when you are out in the snow, you're getting the reflection back off of the snow. So if you think how bright it is when you go outside when it has just snowed, that reflection is coming back at you. Um, also, cloudy days are not exempt from... And this always gets people, right? You think, yes. oh, it's overcast. I can I can relax and you come home and you're red. Yes. And so UVA and UVB can get through the clouds very easily and it sneaks up on you. You don't realize it until it's too late. So cloudy days are definitely ones to wear sunscreen as well. Good advice. 
Anything else you'd want to share, um, Stephanie, as we wrap up this conversation? Great information that um, that you're passing along to the listeners. Thank you. Um, and yes, there is. Actually, I want to remind people to avoid tanning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you, when you do put on sunscreen, they think, oh, I'll never get any color. If that's important to you, you do have to realize that you will have a little bit of a tan coming through sunscreen. Um, that doesn't mean that you're getting sun damage. It just means that um, you'll you'll get the tan just like you always would, but it's going to take a little longer. Okay, I would recommend a self tanner for sure, and absolutely no tanning beds. And there's so many great self-tanning products yes. now. Um, I think people are more conscious about it. And so if, if having that glow is important to you, there are safe ways to, to get that, not Absolutely. in the sun or in a bed. The self-tanner is the best way to do that. And there aren't any of those that are going to cause problems with your skin as far as anything related to skin cancer. It's not going to change any lesions that you have. Totally safe for you to use and much more appropriate. Um, tanning beds are definitely unsafe and I just I cringe when I see people walking out of those lawns just because I know what can happen um, you know it definitely will increase that aging process it will start sooner more fine lines more wrinkles they're going to develop a leathery type feel to the skin and no one likes that and it's it's, it's a real thing even if you only do it five or ten times you're still getting damaged and even you're only in for ten minutes still it's, it's actually worse than being in the actual sun important reminder mm-hmm. thank you stephanie um, thank for your you. expertise for your passion on this topic um it's our hope that uh, you listening will will take the advice of course and use it to live your best life during the summer months and don't forget that sunscreen in the winter thanks for listening